There's never been another answer. I mean, there's some things that'll never change. <laughs> there's some things that will never change. Uh, uh, see, now I would normally like, give me 20 minutes to rewrite this with more me puppet jokes. I mean, there's even yeah, puppets yeah. involved. This thing writes itself. Oh, uh, God, yeah, we should have me puppets. Are me puppets in here? Is that... A little bit? Man, maybe we'll get the, the weird me puppets cover. Like, we wanted Master of Puppets. Maybe it was me puppets. <laughs> <sighs> One well, ladies hope. and gentlemen, that was an eight-minute cold open. <laughs> One can hope. You guys are going to get a green van and a talking dog and solve it? You have a piece of your drum on your shoulder. Compound B. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe you're an idiot. You're in over our heads. Bees? Welcome to Compound B, a show about the boys. I am Jamie G. Esquire V, and no, I will not defend you in a court of law. I am, however, here with my guy, everybody's guy, Magnum Mills, to talk about Gen V, the spinoff of The Boys. I am Magnum Mills. Shout out Jamie G. He thinks he's in court, but it's really puppet court. I mean, maybe puppet court is real court. Who am I to judge? I don't kink shame around here. We don't kink shame around here. And Around Here is a song by The Counting Crows, and it's also Where You Are, because this is Compound B, where we are talking about Gen V. This is a show about the boys. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, and we're on social media at Compound B Pod. Please don't forget any of that, and don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show find our channel even if you blacked out if you thought you had fun just a, a vague impression give us a thumb that's all we're asking have fun at the party see you at the party richter and mills you know we're all just meat puppets some of us are meat puppets that wear a suit and pretend to be attorneys negative i am a meat popsicle meat popsicle all right we're meat puppets and meat popsicles we're all meat anywho please be aware that this is a full spoiler show for the boys and gen v all released episodes, both shows, actually any of the original comics, all that applicable, fair game for discussion here on Compound B. You heard it here first. If you weren't previously aware, I think you are now. This is Welcome to the Monster Club, Season 1, Episode 5, the fifth overall episode of Gen V, originally released October 13th, 2023 on Prime Video, directed by Claire Kilner. Uh, we know her name, not from the boys, but because she directed three episodes from season one of House of the Dragon. We covered that on Drunk on Dragons. Check it out. Season two, coming 2024. Written by Lex Ednis. No special guest stars this week, but we do have some guest stars, including Marco Pigosi as Dr. Edison Cardosa, Alexander Calvert as Rufus, Andy Walken as Dusty, and Maya J. Bastidas as Justine. Now, a word from Gen V. Reward! Last night, the incredible Steve attended an off-campus party where his penis was lost. He just wants it back, so his family is offering a $10,000 reward for its safe return, no questions asked. Please contact the Godokan Daily Classifieds office or the Lost and Found desk at the Godokan Student Union. Student unions, what can't they do? Well, we're definitely going to try to keep it college while we cover Gen V, so we're going to kick things off with the, I guess we're going to do it with some shots. Mills, remind us how shots work again. Somehow, some way, I managed to forget. You know, I forgot too. 
Uh, oh, all right, wait, it's the thing, right? All right, so we're just going to give our initial feelings about Welcome to the Monster Club, Episode 5, using the same process you'd use when deciding whether or not to go to a class in college. So if you're not really feeling the episode, like a class you're not feeling, you're skipping it. If you think it's decent enough, you're hitting snooze, you're getting there eventually. And if you loved it, you can't wait for the next episode, you can't wait for the next class, you are there before it starts. You are the definition of an on-time student. Jamie G, call Lil John because it's time for you to do some shots. I'm doing shots here, but I'm I'm sticking to the middle of the shot and I'm hitting snooze. I thought it was a good episode. Um, but but not as good as the previous episode, in my opinion. Everything from kind of start to finish uh, just didn't didn't live up to where we left off last episode, in my opinion. Good episode, but I'm hitting snooze. I'm there. I'm not like I'm not like fashionably late, but I'm hitting snooze and I'm I'm rolling in um, just after the just after the bell sounds. So it's not a save by the bell thing. It's or maybe it's a it's save not. by the bell, the college years thing. Uh, who was it? Was right. it Mike? Uh, who was the? Was it Bob Golick? One of the? I forget who the. Uh... Who played like the dorm counselor dude in that, but it was a dude who played for the Raiders. It's escaping me at, right now, but that was fun. I, I like, I think we could be roommates in this case. I am also hitting the snooze, so maybe you're just hitting the snooze if you just have one alarm clock. That could be a thing. Who knows uh, what year this is all actually taking place in. Like you said, not as good as last episode. This one definitely grew on me. I watched it a couple of times, and when I first watched it, I was like, boy, I think you could really kind of break all this down into a 90-second recap or just like, Oh, you know, I caked it was caked the whole time or whatever. It, but it does give some nice character beats. There are a couple of fun moments. So yeah, I'm, I'm not quite standing on the soapbox, being a class early like I was last time. But I think I'm hitting snooze and I'm, and I'm getting there. And you know, I'm still uh, still got hopes that the uh, professor is going to make it interesting on the next one. All right, kid, today's your lucky day. All right, because the professor is taking an interest in you. That's me. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, now that I'm starting to get a little bit of my memory back here, the gang spent most of the episode trying to figure out how they lost their memories, only to find out that Kate was ultimately responsible. Mills, at what point did you realize that it, that it wasn't actually Rufus? I think when he was talking to Dean Shetty, to Indira there, and they start chasing him, it seemed too obvious, right? It, was, it either had to be a setup or something like that. Until that, they had me. I know people at the beginning of the season thought Kate might be up to some stuff and they successfully lulled me to sleep a little bit on that. It, it seemed it would be Rufus just because of the whole, you know, blowing the dick off thing and then hearing what he did to Kate, which sets Andre off. So they did a nice job of kind of keeping us distracted, a little bit of misdirection there. I liked it. I, I didn't really have a problem with it, but I didn't pick up on it right away. When I rewatched it, you definitely notice a little more when they're at the aftermath of the party, how it's Kate who kind of sets them up and sends them along that path and everything. And it's a little bit more obvious the second time around, but I thought they did a pretty good job of not tipping their hand, you know, otherwise. How about you, man? When did you figure out that maybe this Rufus guy, while completely a dick and a horrible person, was not necessarily responsible for the memory loss in this case? I, I I knew it was going to be more complex than that because why would he attack all, why would he do it to all of them? You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if it was just Marie. Um, so that kind of led me off that trail. And then again, to your point, when we see, uh, I always want to say Dean Shetty. Uh, I always want to say Dean Shetty, um, but I'll say Shetty. Uh, when we see D Dean Shetty, um, you know, talking to, you kind of realize, okay, they're that it's bigger than that. And I like that. That's we, we've kind of seen that throughout the boys 
universe, I guess we could say, um, is you think it's one thing and it ends up being kind of something larger, overarching. Um, it's hard to really pin a big bad. Uh, we know Vought, but like then there's layers to that. So I think it's kind of cool. It stays true to, to what we've seen in the boys with them kind of having this this more than what you think kind of thing going on in terms of the evil behind it all. So it worked. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wish they would have kind of made me wait a little bit longer to figure it out. Um, but I get why they had to jump kind of right into things. And I guess one thing that did give us some context to is we saw, I think, back in episode two, how Kate had Rufus go hit himself in the, the junk with a baseball bat every hour in Yeljumanji or whatever. That added some context to that, right? Because that's why she would maybe do something so harsh to him because of that previous history she talked about missing the three days and him recording her and her, you know, him basically forcing her to give consent on camera and all that kind of thing. So I think yeah. that did add a little bit of context to that on the back end. And we also learned that Kate has been messing with her friend's minds for a minute here. They don't say specifically how long, but apparently she had been making Luke forget about Sam, obviously making Andre forget about stuff. How often do you think she was doing that? Do you like that reveal? Do you think she's still doing it? Kind of thoughts on Kate, you know, being the kind of the master manipulator here, I guess. So even if, you know, someone else is pulling her string, she's the one doing the dirty work, you know, Norm MacDonald style. I did like it. And I do like that it takes a, her power and you start to realize just how powerful it actually is. We hadn't seen her work that often. I mean, there was a little bit and when she was the whole flashlight scene with saving um, Andre and stuff like that. But we it, like this tells you just how powerful and, and ultimately dangerous she can be. So I kind of I really liked it. Um, the one thing I will say here is they tease this a little bit in a flashback where, um, you know, Luke wanted to not feel sad anymore and she wouldn't do it for him. And she said it was just something he was going to have to go through. So it was really interesting to me that they they tease that, make you kind of forget about her ability. It gets in the back of your mind like, oh, I guess she could just make all that go away, but she didn't, right? And so that kind of that kind of made it a little bit more of a oh shit kind of moment when you when when you get to this episode with her. Yeah, that's a good point because I remember calling that out. The fact that she refused to take Luke's pain away. So that feels like a little bit of a cheat here, almost that they put that in specifically to make us suspect her a little bit less. Uh, and that's yeah. okay. I'm not above a certain level of manipulation by the writers to make sure something lands or is a surprise. If they had forecasted it that far ahead, people were, whenever you have a kind of a mind power person like this, I think people always make predictions like this because, you know, again, as a writer, it, it's hard to refuse sometimes because you could theoretically make people do whatever you want. And, they'll, you know, you don't have to have immediate motivation or justification for it. So I, I think that's a, a pretty good pull there. Like, what do you think Kate's getting out of the whole thing? It When she talks to Indira, to Dean Shetty, it doesn't seem that there's a real quid pro quo, right? No, I think I think it's more Gaslight so her into thinking that she's doing it for the benefit of her friends exclusively. Dude, I think. Dean Shetty is doing roughly the same thing with her that she's attempting to do with Marie. And that's play this role of big sister slash mom slash I got your back slash I believe in you slash I'm somebody you can you can rely on, um, I've, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, and and I think she I think she worked it masterfully with Kate to the point where she basically, I guess, long winded way of saying she's manipulating her. And and that's the the evil 
of kind of her, right? She cares more about the overall arching mission and her skin, you know, her butt's on the line with Vought and she's she's more concerned with all that. And she uses her skill set to manipulate teenagers and and young adolescents and in college. So I think that's another level of kind of evil with this thing. With 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 the boys has been great about showing us these levels of evil when it comes to managing the personalities of superheroes and the why behind it all. I think this is another great example. So if I'm hearing you right, I think you're saying that Dean Shetty Indira is the puppet master and Kate is the meat puppet. Yes. That's basically she feels... what's going on here. But I mean, there's no, you get free school or good grades or a job at Vought. There doesn't really seem to be any of that on the table. So you you are right. Indira just seems to be the, the master of the manipulating the kids like this. Is there any chance that Kate is actually her daughter? I'd say less than, there's less, it's it's less than. The five or you got five on it, Looney? Still I got five, five on, on it, on probably, it. yeah. I'll it's not quite 10%, I mean, but it's not one either. It's not impossible. It's, the way they they talked, they, it was vague enough that it would have been possible, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not they, totally They impossible. deliberately went out of their way to at least leave that door ajar. Yeah. Well, let's, let's continue on with her, man. We didn't get a ton of Endira this episode, but we do learn a couple of things. First off, Dr. Cardosa mentions developing a virus to control soups. That was a big nugget. What do you think of that, Mills? I mean, is, is that the true purpose of the woods, in your opinion, is trying to figure out a way to kind of hone in these powers and, and control it? And then all, all of a sudden now, your biggest risk is the soups going rogue. Well, now you can control that. I think that is definitely, that's probably the holy grail, right? That's like being able to consistently grow hair on men's head. And then below that, you have like curing AIDS, treating cancer, all that kind of stuff. But that's the holy grail is being able to control the soups. And that's definitely something that's true both in the boys and in the comics. It's that level of how can Vought actually really maintain ultimate control over the soups, right? You see Homelander pushing back against that in season you know, the end of season two and definitely in season three, because he's starting to figure out, well, what can you really do to me? You know, and you hear him tell Starlight and stuff like it just gets more and, and more, you know, I am overly powerful. So it certainly makes sense that the woods would be trying to do this, but I don't think they'd limit themselves just to one thing. Right. I would imagine they're trying to generally weaponize and or monetize any abilities of any students, really. Even those yeah. that aren't, you know, I'm sure they're getting blood samples and stuff like that. So while there are certainly probably other prisoners down there, I don't think that that's all that the, the Woods does. It may be the the biggest goal they have, but I don't, I'm with you. I think they have more than one goal there. Uh, let's stick with Marie for a second. She didn't dominate the screen time here, but I do think there's a couple of things to talk about starting with her and Jordan. What do you think, Mills? Do you like how they're harnessing this BE here with them. And for those of you that aren't familiar with us, BE is banging energy. There's a lot of it between them. What are your thoughts? I mean, are you shipping them? I think you could probably heat that pool that we saw Emma in for at least a couple of days off their energy. So there, there is a lot of raw power there. And I think they're utilizing it well. I enjoy this coupling. I like that they kind of pump baked this in the first episode or two with Marie and Andre. Thinking maybe that would be a thing before going here. It's definitely interesting to explore the the gender dynamics in play here. Uh, and shout yeah. out the the RA who I believe is I don't know if his name's Maverick or he just calls himself Maverick, but uh, he had the the great line. Look, for all you know, she's cool with hiding the sausage and bumping donuts. 
And it was kind of cool to give some depth to Jordan, right? You saw in the first couple episodes, they were very interior, closed down, driven, very loyal to Brink, didn't want a lot to do with anybody else. So it's kind of cool to see them open up here and admit to themselves and, and even have to be self-aware and be like, oh yeah, like I might be projecting my shit onto yeah so i thought that was pretty cool although really creepy again by maverick they are a like super creepy i don't know if that is, is if he's dating an actual alpaca alpaca or she turns into something or he's got a lot of issues but he did make a salient point there yeah he did make one good point um and i appreciated his advice but through that advice in typical boys universe fashion there was some ridiculous stuff going on there uh, behind the scenes with him. And I think at one point he mentioned, you know, being in the, in the, in the female locker room or, you know, whatever. So sometimes he watches the the boys shower. Sometimes he watches the girl shower. I think that was his line, but, um, but yeah, he's a, uh, don't kick shame. No, he's an RA man. We've always said, as long as it's legal and ethical, uh, and consent, then we're, we're fine. Wait, and of legal aid, it's funny. Cause actually Andre even called that out when, uh, they were kind of giving teasing Jordan about hooking up with Marie, and I believe she's of legal age. Well, you're Tony Swisted over this. Marie's fly, nice in a fight, and as far as I know, of legal age. <laughs> you know, them kind of getting all the jokes in. Um, one thing we didn't really mention when we were talking about Dean Chetty is when she mentioned that Marie has a benefactor because Dr. Cardoso wanted to experiment on Marie, said she doesn't understand how powerful she is. You know, her blood or whatever access to her would greatly speed up his efforts. Do you really think she has a benefactor? Is is Indira just making that up? And if so, who the hell is it? I, I do, but I don't know who it is at this point. My guess is it's somebody from afar in Vought. Uh, I mean, it would be crazy if it was OG Ashley, wouldn't it? Uh, that was just kind of, kind of. I think that'd be the obvious answer, probably. Because it's yeah. I go to either her one of her parents is still alive or her sister, who also probably got V, and maybe she is a soup with some authority or something like that. A soup we haven't met, maybe. I, I don't know, something like that. But part of me wonders too, is Indira just is Indira the benefactor? Right. She could just be making it up. It could be kind of like a little, uh, it was a Great Expectations where it's everyone think of spoilers for Great Expectations, I believe, but where you think uh, like Pip's benefactor is Miss Havisham and it's really like the, the the criminal he saved at the very beginning of the story, like in a, just a very short scene. A lot of you probably read that in uh, high school or whatever, junior high, or saw the South Park episode. So kind of a random shout out there. How about what we found out about Marie's powers? Now she can sense clotting. She can just sense blood. Generally, she can tell that dude has blood under his fingernails and it's not his own blood under Sam's fingernails. Um, what did you think all that? Do you like kind of the natural expansion of her powers? Again, Dr. Cardosa said she's way more powerful than she knows. Indira replies she is one of the most powerful soups. Any thoughts on where, they, where they're where they going to go with this whole blood thing? I really like it. Every episode, we're getting more out of her. You know, when this when the season first started, it was kind of like she's got to cut herself and then she can do this rope blood rope thing. Right. Um, the whole coagula, all that. Dude, the last couple episodes here, we have found out more and more. And it's just kind of happened organically. You know, the first one was when she saved that that lady's life and she didn't know she could do it. Then, you know, we get the the whole thing with the exploding, um, you know, where she exploded the the member there. And now we're getting this where she can sense the clock like that's really cool. And you start to realize, man, 
you could go really far with this. You know, we talked about weaponizing just where blood forms, right? I mean, you can make people's hearts explode. We've seen it with the head popper, things like that. But now you can sense all sorts of stuff. Um, and it kind of it kind of gives her this this ultimate thing with anything blood and every blood is in every every single living thing right so um human or, or animal so I, I do like where they're going with this a lot yeah blood is kind of like the lifeblood of people so to speak it, it's yeah, pretty important it it's is. a fundamental thing you know it's right up there with you know we call it a blood bender but it is right up there with being you know water bender air bender something like that it is almost elemental at least when it comes to people what did you think about the initial reveal that it was Kate when she found that tracker? She runs into Kate's dorm or whatever, and then you see her kind of hug Kate and Kate put her out. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you like that they showed us there instead of saving it all the way to the, the final reveal when Emma calls and Andre shows up in the big confrontation? What did you think about that choice? I did because if you notice when she hugs, she's she doesn't have her gloves on. And it was kind of like, oh man, are they gonna are they gonna drag this out and maybe Maybe she, you know, she gets wiped again here and nobody knows. So I did like it because it kept me involved where it's like, okay, well now are we as the viewer going to know something that no one else on the show does? And so it, it kept, it kept me kind of suspenseful here uh, for the rest of the episode. So I, I, I was okay with it. Yeah. Once she got in there, it's funny. As soon as she walked in the room, I instantly all fell right into place for me even before it started because like, why would she go right to kate and then i was like oh because it was kate the whole time so that was definitely looking back on it i think the moment that the proverbial light bulb went on but yeah i was i was fine with it there i didn't have to be a crazy like wtf ending they did that last episode with the cut to black and then marie waking up in bed with jordan so i think overall that was probably the right move yeah, it just, you know, they've had a couple of those big kind of endings in a row. So this one felt like it just didn't it didn't get me there the way I wanted it to. It was just kind of like, oh, all right, well, that's it, I guess. But but it was a very good ending. It just it's hard when you have, you know, you, you go back, I think it was two episodes when we've got Emma in the ear and she's looking up as as guards are rushing in and she's covered in blood. That was a wild ending. And then, you know, fast forward to the to the next one with like you just said, and we get the Missy Elliott drop and all that. And it was like that was a heater. So this one just felt like maybe a little bit down. They all can't be like that. I recognize that, but those were the general thoughts. All right, man. Let's let's uh let's get out of here. Anything else on on the party, uh, Dusty's house itself, or or the aftermath? You kind of got the feeling here that Andre had been there before, right? I mean, is this like a like a regular party house or what? And first of all, Mills, way nicer than any party house I had in college. I'll tell you that. Not many college party houses with a pool. And also someone should tell yeah. the prop department that red solo cups are not the only color solo cups that exist. They are the, the most ubiquitous these days, but there are other colored solo cups. I, I, they went hard with it. There's even just solo cups just hanging as decorations. I mean, really embracing it. And I have to say, I did like the bit where they go into the different rooms and, and you get that experience of all the different stuff that's going on in that kind of house in a college uh, we're not even going to get into uh, the one room, but shout out the the one dude who just uh, I I guess like he had the you know the the vibrating hands or whatever and uh, just just a mess. And, and shout out the I think it's the room that Andre and Kate wake up in. If you look on the wall, that you know in college, everyone you put whatever you want. You want. It's like an ad for beer, and it's just for all these joints for a hard hammer lager. I would drink hard <laughs> hammer lager. I think that's solid. 
That's a good name. Hard hammer lager. That is a good. I, I, I would do that, man. I would, I would drink that. I think that's pretty. Thoughts good. on the drip here? I mean, Andre wakes up with the drip. I mean, did you have any idea where that was coming from? It was a a rather. It was nasty, dude. It was very <laughs> nasty. And then when they go up to it, the part that really blew my mind, not even what I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, is that a blowhole in the middle of her back? It's when I was looking at the front, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, what's up with her mouth? And she had a mouth guard in. That's, it took me yeah. forever to figure out it was, a, like I believe, a pink mouth guard because apparently, you you know, when she sings Hallelujah, it, it's like in the Watchmen movie where, you know, not only are they swinging Hallelujah, that the, the damn owl ship is just shooting out fire. Yeah. In this case, probably clenching your jaw very, very, very tightly. But yeah, dude, uh, that is definitely way too clean of a pool to be in a college party house. And even just the fact that there is a pool. Yeah. All right. Well, any thoughts on Andre? Uh, did he really, you know, he, he didn't really have the greatest episode here, although I have to admit it was funny when he kind of, you know, the, the woke up in, in line at the fast food joint. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. But but just thoughts on Andre in general? Kind of holding up the line there, dog. <laughs> he just looks like, oh, that's the one thing his defining characteristic seems to be he just charges into shit right whether yeah. it's the interview or breaking into the woods or confronting jordan or confronting rufus he just basically throws kegs first ask questions later i mean that is pretty cool a bunch of good visuals here when he hits rufus with the keg when he's in rufus's room and he makes all the security doors come down or whatever that's all really cool. I just hope that they continue to kind of add some depth to him because right now it does seem like they're leaning a little bit too hard onto like he's a guy that just instantly reacts without thinking about it or whatever. And you did get another thing of that where he said when he's watching the, the show with Kate, when they're watching the, the Mesmerizer, he's like, dude, the only reason I'm still here is for you. Like, and we should get the hell out of here. And that was an interesting thing because before it seemed it was more how he was concerned with you know living up to his father and legacy and expectations and everything and now it just seems like he might just be ready to be done with it all kind of so i'm curious as to where they're going to go with him in the the final three episodes yeah especially now that he knows right like the one person he had um so this i'm hoping we get more out of him and maybe he kind of hits his peak here uh down the stretch on these final three uh, we can't, Mills, we cannot forget our not-so-little cricket. Any thoughts on Emma in this episode? I mean, did you enjoy her just kind of like stretched out across the whole pool as, as big Emma? That's a fun one because we saw a little shot of that in the teaser uh, at the end of the previous episode. And to me, I think I wrote my notes, Emma in the hot tub, right? Because it was just the forced perspective of it. I thought that was a really cool shot when they zoomed out to give the scale of just how big she was in the pool and then Marie next to her. And I'm pretty sure I was trying to figure out what is she wearing? I think it's the pool cover, like the actual yeah. cover for the pool. I'm pretty sure is what she's wearing. And then we see the video of her uh, drinking just a keg. Just, I don't even know if she's, if there's a tap involved, she might just be sucking it right out of the keg. And, and she does look to be uh, pretty naked. So I don't know if that was necessarily fun, but it got her into the top 100 for the first time. And uh, I don't know if I'd go with giant cricket. I don't know if that's like little cricket sounds fun. Giant cricket sounds scary, but I don't know. Any thoughts on the, the giant cricket of it all? I mean, I know little big is, is you know, big cricket, little cricket, but um, little big cricket. 
Uh, you know, I think you could do something with there. I really like her character a lot. I cannot imagine, you know, five episodes in here. I can't imagine the show without her. So, you know, I think that's that's probably the best compliment I can give her character. She's really important. Um, and I, I just, you know, again, we get a little bit of, of her and Sam here uh, with him being like happy about being able to sell, smell her puke, right? Like the one thing she's so ashamed of and she hates about herself, he loves. And it's just kind of a cool, a cool thing there. So excited about her now that we know that she can get big or little. Um, you, it's interesting to see what they where they go with it. Do we, does she get big again? Um, you know, we saw her just be able to like outpower uh, Sam, which no one can do. Sam's like the strongest. So I thought that was an interesting thing. You talk about power. Uh, Sam could smell the puke. And we actually did yeah. talk about where it must've been a high volume. I will give him that because yeah. she was that big. I guess she it only grows by eating solids, right? I'm assuming. Cause we see her drinking here and not growing. She was drinking the beer in it. So I guess that maybe is one little rule or, or whatever, or just kind of guideline for her power. Apparently it needs to just eat solid food for whatever that's worth. And uh, dude, we have to mention it. She did it. We got a Buster Beaver shout out. We did. I was so happy. That was one of, and I'm, I'm, that's one of that I haven't actually Googled it, but she says to Google it. And that would be great promotion if there was actually a random, like 30 second video of the Buster Beaver incident. Uh, if they haven't, I wish I had the, the, the budget to create it because that would be fun. And uh, I think you go a lot of ways with that. And that would be super interesting if she's the reason that Buster Beaver shut down in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed her the same kind of energy. We we still saw the BE with her and Sam. She thinks Sam's cute, right? She didn't remember him. Um, I like that they that you know they they kind of kept Sam in this thing a little bit, and he kind of knew what was going on. And at the end, that leads to the bigger to the bigger reveal, right? So I thought a good way to use Sam in an episode that maybe we wouldn't have saw him that much. So a uh, good bit of writing there to get him to keep him in the game, so to speak. Then maybe a super backdoor casino reference with Stardust because it's although it's the Tangiers and casino was based on the Stardust casino and here it's the uh, the Stardust driving or whatever. So I'm working really hard to just make a random casino reference. So you should watch Casino; it's very good stuff. So. You should, and I think that's isn't that like the Six Degrees of Lebowski or something? I don't know. We 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 do that a little bit over Six at, Degrees uh, of Rostein. It would be in this case. Yeah. Oh, Sammy. Or Don Sammy Rickles. I'd like, six degrees of Don Rickles would also be fun, but much more difficult. <laughs> All right. Well, we saved the fun stuff for last year as we finally got the puppet action that we saw in the trailer. Mills, what did you think of the, of the puppet massacre, the Muppet Massacre here? They are looking a lot like Muppets, right? I, I thought it was cool. You know, we predicted it. But to see Emma as a puppet and her kind of talking to Sam, so this is definitely something in his head. I thought it was a cool cut when he looked up and you hear the helicopter and then you look down and you see him as a puppet. I thought the action was really cool, incredibly gory. Like, what does he take the one dude's arms and break him into like four pieces and then shoves them in his mouth or whatever? And you see that when it cuts back eventually. That was part of a scene we did see in the trailer. That bloody, it looks like a table almost, but I guess they're just underground somewhere that he went in between uh, seeing Emma and Marie and having that conversation and then going back to the, the Stardust drive where Emma finds him later. 
I thought that was cool. And just like double bonus when you walk out, there's just, I mean, there's blood and entrails. And then when he gets above ground, there's just a half a torso still hanging from the helicopter. And I'm assuming the helicopter pilot is also somehow dead because it's just hovering there and you just see the torso on the end of the rappelling line or whatever. That was uh, visually, I thought it was great because to be honest with you, I think it would have been too much to really see all that just straight up. So I like the choice. I, I do too. And that brings the question. I think we both agree we'll we'll see we'll see the puppet action again. But at a certain point, are they gonna have to show us just how dynamic and because at this point they've set up Sam to be like the ultimate killing machine, right? So like he's basically predator here. Like at a certain point, do we have to do we have to see it? So we haven't really seen it. Keep in mind with with the Emma, him and Emma, you know, the Emma and Sam escape, we didn't see it, we saw the aftermath. We didn't see this. We saw the the puppets, which I'm glad we did. I'm not. I'm happy for the puppet. But thoughts on do we need to see it at some point just to just to kind of get the scope and just how real Sam is? Like you mean in action as opposed to just the aftermath? I would say yeah, yes, probably at some point. But on the other hand, if you could give me a giant, I don't know if I want it to be in the finale, but man, like a giant action set piece puppet style. I'm probably there for it. When the the dudes first repelled in, did you not get heavy Team America vibes? And I love oh, every yeah. second. When they in the way they were talking and kind of doing the, the puppet walking thing, I was like, holy shit, they're just doing Team America and like with superpowers. And that I'm there for that kind of. I mean, if Matt Damon shows up, and then all bets are off. Well, one of the things we like to do when we discuss television shows is try to come up with alternate episode titles. Gen V has had some good ones so far, but I think they could have you know maybe done better than. Uh, Welcome to the Monster Club, Mills. Do you have any alts for for this 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 past episode here? I think there's a couple of fun ones here. I definitely like a uh, big soup energy. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Last night at Dusty's, they you know that's uh, also a very good one. And uh, the hairless caterpillar. That sounds kind of classy, but a, a weird reference. So I, I like all those three. And if you don't like any of them, it doesn't need to be weird. How about yourself, man? Do you got any else? Shout out to a couple of movies that I recommended we we watch, and that was uh, Monster Squad. Welcome to the Monster Squad. And then you know I was big on Transylvania 65000. I got to do Godolkin 65000. Godolkin 65000. Great, great, great. I actually like Monster Squad better than Monster Club. I think Squad sounds cooler. And it does. Monster Squad sounds better than Monster Gang, so I like that. Um, uh, we forgot was another one, but then just simply the drip. When I drip, you drip, we drip. This goes out to all the drippers of the world. Yeah, dude, you got You got to, you got to understand the drip here, man. It was a gnarly drip. It was a clear, you know, kind of pale white drip. It was very gross. Uh, it was a drip. All right. Remember, (laughs) Fabulous keeps a gangster, but when we're talking about Gen V, we're keeping it college. It is time to give our most college moments from Welcome to the Monster Club. Mills, what moment from this episode has you right back at your college days? There were a lot of them in this one. Uh, just honorable mention, just random people sleeping in places. That, that happens in college, and, and you would be amazed at how much. I think overall, I'm just going to go with everybody trying to piece together what happened last night while not wanting to admit that they were blacked out. It's like the, again, it's hungover Sherlock Holmes if Sherlock Holmes was an idiot college student. 
It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. In fact, I should probably pitch a reality show on that, but I'm going to go with that. The the attempted re-piecing of the previous night's activities by uh, blacked-out college kids. How about yourself? Yeah, it, it's 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 waking up and, and not remembering and then trying to – I mean, is there anything more college than that? Waking up at a random house party, scenes all over the place, and then you find your crew, and then you you, you try to figure out – how did we get here and what just happened? I don't think there's anything more college than that. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with it for you, man. All right. This is Gen V, but the boys will be boys. Mills, what was your favorite moment in this episode that references the boys or reminds you most of the of the boys? I have to see actually seeing the mesmerizer. First, you see Andre and Kate watch it, and then you actually see at the end Rufus is watching it. That's actually, um, if you remember season one of The Boys, Haley Joe Osment shows up and he's playing Mesmer, the Mesmerizer. This was the show he starred in as a kid. So I thought that was a really cool reference and they brought it back a couple of times. So uh, enjoyed that whole bit. How about yourself, man? You got some Boys Will Be Boys? I think it was the realization that there's a that there's a bigger evil trying to do them in here, man. I think for me, it was when we found out that they've been trying to figure out a way to control them running experience like that's what the we the woods right like it's been it's been teased all season long and we kind of found out the story morning glory with that thing and it was i think that brought me back to like wow this is this is so the boys right like when you you have those moments in the boys where you realize like vault is evil it's bad right and they're actually trying to do this and so it, it kind of it kind of brought me back to that from that standpoint right as did the what's the story of morning glory the oasis reference so Right Thank you. Yeah, I, I tried to get there. Oh man, That's we've gone we've gone full circle on this one. Uh, yes, it is more than once. That brings us to our Gen V top three. After five episodes, what are your top three characters? No tech night in this one, Mills. But you know, I guess he could find his way in there. Uh, where, where are you going? Yeah, hard to uh, put him in there up top. At number three at the bottom, I am going to go with Dean Shetty with Andira because Shetty or not, here she comes. She is manipulating things. She is the puppet master. Everybody else are just the meat bags, the meat puppets. At two, I'm going with Emma because she can at least be a little puppet, a big puppet. She's rising in the ranks. She's officially ranked now. Got to give it up for her at number two. And finally, at number one, I have to go with Sam I Am. Sam the man, he can literally enter puppet world. He's bulletproof. He's just tearing people apart. And apparently he's cute. So he's got it all working for him. Jamie G, I'm going to let you work it. Oh, man. Well, I'll try to put my game down, flip it, and reverse it. Number three for me, I'm going to go with Marie Moreau. Again, just continuing to see her powers evolve, really like that. Um, she kind of, you know, she kind of figured it out without figuring it out, so to speak. This episode enjoyed that. Number two, I am going to go with Dean Shetty because you're right. Um, she's got the machete here, dude. Shetty with the machete. She is coming on him, all over him. <laughs> Guys, we really need to talk about getting phrasing back in the rotation. She's coming up, so you better get this party started. Now we're doing a pink thing. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And then number one, I'm going to keep with Sam. It's like Sam's a man, dude. I mean, he's, he's you know, I, I can't I can't not have him there. Uh, and and shout Power out to the puppet, incredible. dude. Power the puppet. 
power of the puppet and like the puppets had like those were like real like if you were looking at blood cells in a microscope that's what they would look like so uh appreciated that since it's college mills we do have to give it a grade uh this episode rather we, we've got to give it a grade on a scale of f minus to a plus what are you giving to welcome to the monster club the fifth episode of gen v i keep thinking you're gonna say welcome to atlanta that's just uh crossing over the players play. maybe we will get there eventually and did he'll show up on the remix uh b minus definitely didn't enjoy it as much as the previous episode did enjoy it more on the rewatch than my first watch. I think it was going to be at a C plus initially. I was a little bit disappointed. Short running time. Other than the big reveal, it, it wasn't a terribly consequential episode. But I did enjoy it. Some fun moments. So uh, B minus. Solid enough. All you need to do is get yourself a little Sharpie or a little whiteout or whatever. That can turn into a B plus real easy. Jamie G. Great for episode five. I'm 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 right there in the universe with you. I'm giving it a flat B, uh, no minus, no plus, just a flat B here. Um, I thought it's worthy of that. Good episode. You're right. It is better on rewatch, um, and so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it there. Excited about the next one and and this this final three stretch. Speaking of which, that brings us to predictions. Please be aware that we've we've both watched the teaser trailer at the end of the episode, and we'll be discussing that here. If you don't want to hear anything about that, go ahead and get out of here. Don't worry. We'll see you next week. But for everybody else, it's prediction time. All right, Jamie G. Let's start out with the soldier boy of it all. Do you Ooh. think we're actually going to see him, or is this going to be some kind of video or you know computer or something like that? Like, Are we getting actual soldier boy or no? You know, this is one that had me going back and forth. I think we are. I, I think we are. And I'm trying to figure out how they 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 tie it in. And I don't know yet, but I, I do. I, I Yes, we get actual him in the flesh. Nice. I am there for that. What do you think Andre's going to do? It seems like he goes back and talks to his dad. Is he going to maybe they try to turn him against the other guys maybe against the other, the rest of the gang, something like that. Like, is there any chance he could now that he was feels betrayed by Kate kind of almost cross over to the other side or something like that. I could see him going full blown dark, so to speak. Um, and that, you know, and just in terms of like, you know, the axes of evil and following in line with what his dad wants him to do. But I think that would ultimately be a setup for him to double cross his dad and double cross, um, you know, uh, Dean Shetty and Vaught in, in, at large. Believe the next episode is titled Jumanji. Will that have anything to do with Rufus, or are we kind of done with Rufus? Do you think? You know, I thought we were done with him, but now I think I don't think we are. I think some. I'm going to make a quick prediction here that they and they being Marie and Jordan figure out a way to to recruit Rufus to help get even with Kate. Let's go one kind of season long thing. Do you think all of the current members kind of of our gang here make it out of season one alive? No. You know, Jordan, Marie, Andre, Kate, Emma, you think one of them is, is going to get taken off the board here? I think so. And I think it's going to be Kate, which is Kate. surprising yeah. because <laughs> I wanted to say it at the same time to make sure, but yeah, Kate seems like the, the one who's got to make the sacrifice now or something like that. Right. It's almost set yeah. up that way. 
Yes. Which would be surprising because you figure we start the season and I know we kind of swapped out Luke for Sam, but we still lost Golden Boy. Right. And so, yeah, I guess know, we should include we... Sam as part of the gang too, even though he's kind of yeah. back on the outside now. I would assume, I would consider him probably overall part of the gang. Uh, of all the characters, who do you think is most likely to show up in season four of The Boys? It really depends on how this ends in terms of who That's emerges why it's a prediction, here, my but... friend. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Marie. See, I'll go Adira, Dean Shetty. I think she, her or Doctor Cardoza. Oh, I, I feel yeah, like one of those like is probably the most likely. And then if I was gonna go with one of the kids, I think it would be Sam. Yeah, I like it. I can get on board with that. Uh, I think we get a scene that looks like Jordan down in the woods. Do we think that one of the gang is going to again? We talked about it with Andre. Is there any chance Jordan or anybody else tries to? somehow, you know, protect the gang by making a deal or something like that. You know, knowing uh, part of me wants to say no, but I'm actually going to say yes, because of how manipulative Dean Shetty can be. She's got a way of spinning stuff. We saw this. I mean, we, dude, we saw her take on tech night and be able to, and be able to win. Who else can do that? Right. You know, and, and again, that, that was such a, a, a key moment of that episode and it added so much much needed humor and all this stuff um but seeing her do that and seeing her throughout all five episodes i gotta believe that she can she can pivot and she can find a way to spin this she's used to that right i mean because some things will just never change and she's one of the people that can take advantage of that she understands how all this corporate stuff works and ultimately there's going to have to be a winner and a loser you know, it is it's somewhat of a zero-sum game in this case. It just seems to me that she's probably the one best position to pick the winners and the losers. Uh, do you think that they wind up getting to experiment on Marie one way or the other before the end? I'm going to say this. If they do, it causes, it's the demise of the Woods and and Cardoza and, and Dean Ch- it, If they do, it's going to turn kind of the woods and the and the powers that be in the Gen V world against each other. Yeah, it feels like one of these things, unfortunately, whereas if she's so powerful and her powers are blood-based, like her blood itself is probably pretty powerful. So if nothing else, I can see people trying to steal her blood. Uh, last real question prediction. Do you think they actually are able to at least perfect or manufacture or produce in some shape, form, or fashion this uh, serum or whatever that could potentially control the soups. Do you think that they the woods you know hits their goal so to speak by the end of the season? I think they've got it. I think they've got a um, a sample or a, or an early kind of tester tube here of of hey we think we can do this and I think they eventually want to use it on somebody and my guess is they'll attempt to use it on Sam. Yeah, I mean, you would want to get the most powerful dude under control, and unless Homelander does show up on on this show, that would probably be Sam or Marie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 then it feels like they're setting up that someone has to sacrifice themselves thing or whatever to snap the other person out of it, or that that does feel pretty classic. So I I can see that happening. So yeah, I'm kind of feeling what you were putting down in that previous prediction. I'm excited, man. I I got to be honest. I mean, this the, I think so far five episodes in. It is it has exceeded my expectations, and and I'm really happy about that. Like it's it's not the boys, right? But it's still really good. I think that's the key. Is I, I would say it's more or less. I think been about what I expected. I don't mean that in a 
bad way, but it has managed to develop its own individual identity from the boys. And I was a little bit worried about that, especially in the first couple episodes where they were trying to really hammer home the cameos and everything like that. It's been a little more subtle ever since, but it certainly feels like it is as it's built from the world of the boys. So I'm with it. I, I am very excited, and I'm expecting to uh, hear that season two pick up sooner than later. Wouldn't even surprise me if they pick it up for you know two, three, and four, or something like that, maybe. Well, thank you guys for checking out Compound B. Join us on our next episode where we cover episode six of Gen V, titled Jumanji. Thank you for checking out Compound B. We're just happy to be a tiny part of the boys' extended universe because this is Compound B, ostensibly a show about the boys, but it's also about Gen V in this case. Thanks again for checking us out. You can find us wherever in your pods and on YouTube. We are on social media at Compound B Pod. And just like you don't want to forget to find those trackers that someone might have randomly put in your body, don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps us out a lot. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. If you had fun, please remember to give us that thumb. And also check yourself for random lumps or things people might have planted inside your body. Those are bad. We are good. Make sure you keep those two things straight. I'm Megan Mills. He's Jamie G. That was Kyle Pompey. Thanks again for checking us out. We'll see you right here next week. And don't worry, you're going to find out what the B in Compound B stands for. It's in the backwater swirling, there's something that'll never change. And when I should have been done a long time, it laughs and says I find ways.